Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved in 1 Timothy 4, 1-2, we are alerted to the sober reality. The Spirit explicitly says that. In later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By way of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Those later times, beloved, are upon us, and yet that warning has been largely ignored, along with the reality that there is a dread enemy who comes to rob, kill, and destroy and to lead as many as he can into his web of deceptions. His name is Lucifer, and he has a deadly agenda that reaches its tentacles into every realm of society, including governments, learning institutions, the medical field, finance, science, and technology. But his most deadly work is being accomplished in the realm of religion with special attention being given to the Church of Jesus Christ. In this demonic rampage of deception, he is being served by his demonic militia. Ephesians 6.12 describes them as the rulers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness, and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. These demonic entities are working behind the scenes through the human agency of darkened agents who serve the enemy in his deceitful and deadly schemes. In the realm of the world, Lucifer's agents of darkness are captivating the people of earth with false promises of peace and a better life for all, as they lead them into the global quagmire of the soon-to-appear Antichrist. And what awaits those who fall prey to the strategic setup? will be physical suffering and tribulation, the magnitude of which, in the words of Jesus, has never been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. But the enemy's most deadly intentions are being accomplished in the church, as it reaches its full-blown Laodicea condition. For it is here that not only is man's physical being in grave danger, but his eternal spirit that will live on after the body has been destroyed and will exist forever, either in heaven with the Father and His Son, Jesus the Savior, or in the fiery abyss of hell with Satan and his demons. And the enemy is working diligently to deceive as many as he can from the one who is the way and the truth and the life and the only one who can provide salvation's guarantee through the new birth miracle of regeneration that has been provided in his holy and precious blood atonement sacrifice. The deceptive persuasions that are leading multitudes from the saving faith that underscore salvation's mandate of new birth in Jesus Christ the Lord is being perpetrated through doctrines of demons that his ministers are devotedly propagating. However, these servants of darkness are not always easily recognizable, for they are many clones of the one they serve, Lucifer, 
who leads them into his web of control with alluring begamas and self-exalting platitudes. In 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen to 15 we read of them. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their deeds. And that is why we are exhorted with 1 John 4, 1, where it is also written, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This Holy Spirit instruction has never been more critical than it is now, beloved, because Satan's doctrines of demons have permeated the church, and the majority of those who name themselves Christian are being swept into the litany of a false love, a false salvation, and a false Christ, who while making them feel better about themselves and this world in which they live, cannot save them. And in fact, this Antichrist spirit is actually aiding the enemy in his purposeful intention to first get their worship and then to destroy them. In a commentary entitled, When the Sunday Sermon is Really Demon Doctrine, by With All Wisdom Ministry, they offer stark warning to those who have ears to hear. They write, Despite God's explicit warning that in later times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Many professing believers do just that. They proceed week to week exposed to noxious instruction that deftly yet decidedly unmoors them from the true Christian faith, blithely unaware of their predicament. What are these doctrines of demons against which the Holy Spirit expressly warns? What is this toxic teaching that jeopardizes the faith of so many. The Apostle Paul provides a framework for its understanding in his critique of the church in Corinth, where in 2 Corinthians 11.4 he writes, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we have proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. This is at the heart of the issue. A large swath of today's professing believers are regularly putting up with false teaching about Jesus, his spirit, and his gospel, with nary a suspicion of harm, let alone any objection or pushback. They should be coming to church to be shown the narrow path to eternal life when in fact they are being led down the wide road that leads to destruction, as confirmed in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 to 14. For this reason, 2 Corinthians 11.4 may be the most pertinent and yet underappreciated verse in the New Testament in our day, as the categories addressed by Paul remain the three key pillars of demonic doctrine plaguing the church for the past two millennia. Number one, they preach another Jesus. Demonic doctrines all have at their core a faulty view of Christ. Oh, their proponents may make all the right claims about Jesus and his divinity, that he indeed is the Son of God, 
who died and rose again for the sins of the world. They may endorse and uphold all the confessional statements and dutifully insist that Christianity is fully orthodox. They will prominently feature the name of Jesus in their teaching and oversee church ministries designed and promoted as being the hands and feet of Jesus. Their Jesus welcomes all who come to him, helps those in need, exemplifies the humility by which we are to live, brings love to the outcast, and highlights mercy in response to wrongs, just as the Bible declares. But here's the fallacy. False teachers who bring another Jesus will inevitably exclude those aspects of the Bible's Jesus that don't align with their concept of who he is or should be, as the gentle, kind, and merciful Savior. In particular, they will abridge, revise, or completely omit his instruction regarding judgment, while twisting his words to fit their liberal and deadly beliefs, such as being all-inclusive, not meaning that the Lord will welcome all who come to him with sincere repentance a surrendered will to his ways, and complete trust in his blood atonement sacrifice for the death our sins deserve, with new birth evidence to support it. But that everyone will be saved, no matter what religion they are, or what gender identity they choose, or whether they are a man marrying a man, or a woman marrying a woman, just so that they intellectually believe in Jesus, with that believing being left up to their own version of him, the kind, merciful Savior who accepts anyone and everyone on their terms. Therefore, they will ignore his emphatic warning to fear God, who has the power over life and to death, and his instruction of the coming judgment upon an unbelieving world. There, Jesus does not bring a sword instead of peace, as confirmed in Matthew 10.34 or require complete abandonment of all worldly relationships and affections as the divine exchange held within genuine salvation, as confirmed in Luke 14.26, or the promise of everlasting punishment to those who do not repent and believe from the heart, whereby they become a new creation in him, as confirmed in Luke 13.1-5, John 3.18, and 8.24, and Matthew 25.46. In no way is there Jesus the one who is coming back in flaming fire, with inflicting vengeance upon those who have rejected the truth, and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who alone is the truth, as confirmed in Second Thessalonians 1.8 and John 14.6. And in no way do they really believe or tremble at Revelation 14.10, where it is written that those who have not believed in truth unto eternal life will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath, where they will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb of God, Lord Jesus, the true and only Christ. Number two, they preach a different spirit. When you preach another Jesus, by default, you are preaching a different spirit, because the spirit to which Paul refers is the very spirit of Christ, whose arrival was predicted by Jesus and timed with his ascension, as confirmed in John 16, 7. 
This is the same Spirit of Christ who inspired the perfect and inerrant scriptures, as confirmed in 1 Peter 1.11. He is the Spirit who begat and empowered Christ throughout His ministry, as confirmed in Luke 1.35, Luke 4.1, and Luke 4.14. He is the Spirit who regenerates and lives within those who repent and believe in Christ's atoning work as confirmed in John seven thirty eight to 39 and Romans 8, 9. And He is the Spirit who convicts the world concerning sin and righteous judgment, as confirmed in John sixteen eight. A false Christ thus yields a false spirit, the spirit of this age, and all the attendant errors that relies upon this counterfeit spirit brings including, and perhaps most importantly, invalid and self-imposed interpretation of the Holy Scriptures. Because the true Spirit of Christ is He who guides the believer into all truth, as confirmed in 1 John 2.20 and verse 27. The Bible explicitly states that God's Spirit is necessary for one to know the deep things of God as found in his word and recorded in 1 Corinthians 2, 10-13. Therefore, when a false spirit is substituted, there is no longer provided the pure and unadulterated word of truth that is revealed with biblical understanding and Holy Spirit confirmation. Without the genuine Holy Spirit of Christ to decode and correctly interpret God's word, all forms of spiritual delusion and doctrines of demons though dressed up as faithful biblical instruction, are guaranteed to ensue. Consequently, you will find those who represent demonic doctrines marked by a continual re-imaging of passages to suit their own purposes. The theological term for this is eisegesis, which is defined as the process of interpreting texts in such a way as to introduce one's own presuppositions, agendas, or biases, rather than exegesis, which is defined as critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially of the scriptures. These false teachers will shun expository preaching and will consult and rely upon the spirit of this age to ensure that none of their pronouncements will ever offend popular teaching. The third category that Paul addressed in the three key pillars of demonic doctrine that is plaguing the church of today is a different gospel. And, God willing, we will pick up here in our next segment, as we are out of time for today. Until we come together again, I leave you with Ephesians 5, 6-11. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, and do not participate in the deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. And, as always, beloved, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us 
at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.